I now know why it doesn't happen in most areas of my life but it does happen in some areas of my life <laughs> why are you laughing at me <laughs> i've only seen david beckham episode i'm like tell the truth be honest i, I am being be honest, honest. <laughs> tell, tell the truth, the truth. <laughs> no 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 that 100 percent is the truth so in a way it's my I, l- tell the truth <laughs> daniel okay um so welcome to the prime life project podcast Pays to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to an episode of the Primal Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I'm joined by Katie. Katie, how are we? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Not too well, thank you. Why are you so smiley? You look so nervous. <laughs> Can I not be happy about you know, that? You're going to say something really mischievous. No, no it's Mikey. It. It's Mikey, yeah. Mm. Mikey in the background taking photos. Yeah, Paparazzi. it's a bit creepy. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Well, creepy right. Mike. Is that <laughs> the old creepy uncle that you get? Sits at the back of a party, it's out of the way. He's younger than us. Young, creepy uncle. You can have younger uncles. Yeah, I suppose you could. Yeah, there we go. Mm, so okay. anyway, what we're talking about today? Uh, self-sabotage. Oh, awesome. Right, what we got? So for those of you who don't know how this episode goes, if, if you're new here, welcome. Um, <laughs> basically, Katie puts up topics and then well does put up topics basically has a discussion point a topic and then we'll ask questions we'll go back and forth on them and if you listen to any episodes of me and mikey katie is also the mastermind of that where she asks the questions or gets the questions from me and mikey because me and mikey cannot be left to our own devices apparently (laughs) so uh yeah katie what we got today um so i just thought we could talk about self-sabotage because you put your question box on your instagram and a couple of people have mentioned it um and I think it's something that we have both done a lot in mm-hmm. the past. So I say we're very experienced to talk mm-hmm. about this. Um, probably not a positive, but mm-hmm. there we are. Um, so I just thought it's something that we could kind of go through today. So I guess let's frame the conversation. What What is self-sabotage for you? What's in like a, de- a working definition about this whole thing? Yeah. When, like what does it mean to you? Uh, when things are going well and then you destroy it or you basically somehow do something that means that it doesn't last. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for example, I've done it multiple times in business where I've been really successful in business, whatever success means to you, like I was successful for myself, earning a good amount of mm-hmm. money. And then through my actions, my whatever was going on, mm-hmm. if I look back, I was responsible for then its demise. Yep. Um, so for me, more technical definition of self-sabotage is that you've got this uh, identity of yourself, which makes like a thermostat. So a self-image of like your self-worth. And let's say, for example, when I talk about this is a thermostat in a room. So we've got this internal thermostat. So let's say your thermostat is set at 20 degrees. If your life starts to heat up and you start to have a 30 degree life, but your self-image and your paradigms and your identity hasn't shifted with that, you will find a way to turn the air conditioning on in your life to get your life back down to the 20 degrees that you're comfortable at. So you can never outperform your self-image or your identity. It doesn't work that way. You'll always perform your self-image of what you're worth now you may have little spurts where it goes to 30 degrees but you'll find that the average is kind of where you're at and subsequently as well like if the room starts to go down to 10 degrees you will find a way to get it back at that 20 so you've got that this internal set point so for me self-sabotage is when your internal set point basically brings you back down to the level that you're comfortable at when actually your life was substantially better off than what you perceive it should have been essentially mm. There you go. It's a good working definition. We'll work with that. That is a good definition. Yeah, because I looked at an actual definition as well. Got yeah. actual definition. So, <laughs> not that your definition is not correct. Because um, I think that's a really good way of explaining it. But, um, so, in, self-sabotage is intentionally destroying your own progress, relationships, happiness, success, 
even when you want to improve in those areas, so you're still doing it, um, it often manifests as behaviors, thought patterns, or emotional responses that directly conflict with consciously held goals and well-being. Mm-hmm. So you're, you have this, but you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't obtain it. So again, the way this works is to basically put more meat onto the bones of that and basically kind of work in what I was saying. So you've got two parts of the mind. So people talk about mind and you need to change your mindset on et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So mind, imagine mind as a circle. So you've got a circle, that is your mind. And then in the middle of the circle, draw a line going horizontally across. And the top half is your conscious mind and the bottom half is the subconscious. And if you're watching some video, you'll see a little <laughs> stick man that's on my shelf that kind of represents it to a T. And the little things that are sticking out of the antennas, they are your five senses. So essentially, consciously, you can be wanting to do better and achieve more in your life. But your conscious mind is only responsible to about two to four percent of the results that you get in your life. Your subconscious is where your paradigms live. And your paradigms are essentially your programs and they are your thoughts so not your thoughts, they're your self-image, they're your behaviors, they're your patterns, they're your programming. And fundamentally, they are the things that determine the results that you get in your life. And your subconscious is responsible for about 96 to 98% of the results that you get in your life. So essentially, self-sabotage comes from the subconscious. And it's what I mentioned there, it's the internal thermostat. So your subconscious is the thermostat. And although consciously, you may want to do and be better, your behaviors and the actions that you take, so your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, they come from the subconscious because I had a really good comment actually on YouTube <clears throat> from one of the last videos that I did and someone said that my, my the thing that I talk about is that your thoughts lead to your feelings and this person mentioned that in uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's book The Four Agreements he talks about how actually your feelings can cause your thoughts and I then kind of hypothesized my response back to him is that your thoughts lead to your feelings the only time that your feelings lead to your thoughts is from your subconscious because your subconscious basically stores your default setting of your emotions. So however you're, you're feeling on a regular basis, your regular default, that comes from your subconscious, which is part of the mind. So that then determines your thoughts, but it's actually your thoughts that have caused this subconscious programming, either intentionally or unintentionally. So the way that you unprogram that is through your thoughts because your thoughts then reprogram your feelings and your emotions consciously. So again, a bit of an explanation. I was going to potentially do a Thursday thought on that because it was a really great question to sort of clarify because it does work both ways. So the link is bi-directional. Mm-hmm. So it's not just as simple as your thoughts lead your feelings. However, for a, for most people, most. that is the way that you correct mm-hmm. it. But your feelings can lead to your thoughts. But normally the feelings are from your subconscious programming, which I'm talking about self-sabotage here. That's what it's all about, the subconscious, which is why whenever you try and do better, you can't because you need to be better. And being better is subconscious. And do you think people are aware on the whole that they are self-sabotaging? Or do you think they people just don't have a clue? People don't have a clue and they play the blame game. They'll blame everyone else but themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll blame the situation, they'll blame the government, they'll blame the ex-partner, they'll blame everything and everyone under the sun apart from themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you take a real deep, cold, hard look in the mirror and realise that you're the common denominator. Mm-hmm. So if all your five past partners have been narcissistic you're the common denominator. Mm. Yes, they may have been that. It's not taking it away, but they're not that. Mm. But you are the one that's attracted them into your life. You are the one that's kept going for the same guy mm. or girl over and over and over and over again without doing any of the work to realize how did you get out of that hole in the first place? If you've been fired or you've left the last five jobs because, oh, everyone I work with, they're horrible people. Okay, so every single place that you've worked in the last five jobs, they all happen to have horrible people. Or is it you that's going in there causing mm. chaos and people just aren't vibing with the chaos that you're trying to cause? For example... And it's just when you start to take that responsibility, you realize that 
it's our patterns, it's our thoughts. It starts with our thoughts, our patterns, our behaviors, our self-image that are causing us to disrupt the, the kind of calm that we've got. And especially from, again, to sort of caveat this as well, when it comes to these subconscious programs, a lot of them come between the age of zero and seven because we don't have the conscious ability to think. Mm. So our subconscious gets programmed from an early age, which is why when you're around kids, it's really important to be careful what you're saying because they can't critically think. They mm. can think, but they can't critically think. So if you say something to them, they can't come to a logical conclusion. They can't do it. Mm. So that's why if you say to a kid and you say something to them, you can see them thinking, but they'll yeah. never normally come to a, a, a logical answer because they can't critically think at that age. So that's when it all gets programmed. So it's understanding that throughout your entire adult life, you've had these things that have been running and controlling you on autopilot that you've had no control over, and that's okay. Mm. But it's understanding that at a certain point, you then have to take responsibility because what's happened to you in the past may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility right now to kind of become aware of this stuff and unpick it because it's been there for a while and it's been working behind the scenes whether you were aware of it or not. And then you kind of need to unpick that to then move forward. Mm. And what parts of your life have you struggled with this the most in the past? Women. <laughs> yeah, women. Women and business, the two big things. Like I've always struggled with women. With women, not to attract women to actually make anything work long-term and mm -hmm. last. And then when it comes to business, any sort of success. So mm. anytime I started to make any bit of money, I always had a, a thing from my parents when I was younger. My mum always used to say to me, money burns a hole in your pocket. Mm. And that's the thing. And it's only really recently that I realised that. So whenever I got a bit of money, I'd always spend it yeah. because no one ever taught me about money mm. and understanding what money actually fundamentally is. No one explained it to me. Didn't mm. understand. Didn't understand about investing. Didn't understand any of this stuff. So whenever I got money, I spent it. And the reason I spent it was because I didn't like myself. So I'd then spend it on things that would make me happy or to impress other people. So I'd always self-sabotage whenever I got success mm -hmm. because I also didn't believe that I was worthy of that money. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I'd then... So I take the foot off the gas. So when it comes to business, whether people know it or not, like things come into situation or sorry, things come into come to be because of certain situations and circumstances. So if in work you're doing certain things that's getting you a result, as soon as you stop doing the thing that's going to get the result, the result goes. It's cause and effect. Mm. So the effect is I was having loads of money due to the cause of me working hard. So then I have all this money, I then stop working hard, and then guess what? The money would go. Yeah. There's a conscious decision. Like I would consciously be like, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. Or I've made it, or whatever it is, whatever the narrative was saying, to basically turn that aircon on to get my life back to where it was. Or same with women. Whatever it would be, it would always be someone else's fault. It would always be their fault that they're the wrong kind of person, they were this, they were that. But fundamentally, as I'm not going to go into too much detail, because part of the story is that I basically was using women. Mm. I was using women for my own pleasure and wasn't really allowing the relationship to go anywhere and then I basically always blame other people when the relationship didn't work when fundamentally it was me and I wasn't in the right headspace to be in a relationship in the first place because again I didn't know what I wanted mm. I had no idea so I was just going into these relationships knowing full well that I couldn't be the person I wanted to be so yeah consciously I wanted to do better but subconsciously my programming was like no I'm just going to destroy this and you were just going through like this is going to sound extreme, but woman after woman well, it doing... It was extreme at one point. I was basically what it but, was. But, yeah, but doing the same thing without any awareness of, of what you were doing. No, I didn't realize what, what caused it. I basically, I'd go for like on a date with someone mm -hmm. and maybe go on, I don't know, I'd be seeing someone for a week, two weeks, three weeks, sleep with them a couple of times and I'd be like, right, done. Mm. I didn't know what that was. But it's like emotion, this emotional thing would just come up, but now done, next, mm. bored. But I wasn't bored. I just like, whenever someone was kind of showing me any sort of like, oh, this person actually might be decent. Nope, done next mm. and I go to the next person or maybe at the same time I'd be talking to two or three or four people and then that's a whole thing of like I was, yes it came to me trying to validate my existence but then I'd be self-sabotaging because I wouldn't let anyone consciously I was like I really want someone but then subconsciously I was like no you don't deserve it 
like you're rubbish, you this, you that, like no one's going to want you, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, okay. So then I would then cut them off before they could cut me off. That makes sense. I'd be like, oh, it's going to end anyway. So I'll just, yeah, whatever. And then just mm. move on. And how does that feel? And how does that feel afterwards when you are doing that, whether it be from a business perspective or a woman perspective or whatever, what does that feel like in the moment? What, when you're doing it? Self-sabotage? Yeah. Uh, but you don't know you're doing it. So and the worst thing is when you know that you're doing it, but you don't know why you're doing it. And that's when it then comes down to the, so, so when it comes to the, to the women's situation, it's then, again, and this is the kind of links into the, the last episode uh, I spoke with Mikey, is you need to do the internal work on figuring mm. out why. Asking yourself the right questions because there's something there. It's, it's subconscious. So subconscious meaning it's below the conscious surface, mm-hmm. meaning it's not just going to randomly appear. You have to go searching for it. Mm-hmm. So just think about uh, scuba diving. So you've got this, this stuff you see on the top of the sea, but it's underneath the sea. So it's not just going to pop up the surface. You have to deep dive and go and find it. And again, it can be dark. It can be scary. Just like when you're scuba diving, into the, it's not like we're talking like going into the Bahamas. Like we're talking about like the middle of the ocean where it's black, pitch black, and you're going into the dark yeah. depths of the sea to try and uncover some treasure that's there. And it's hard to do. But again, it's hard so people don't want to do it. Mm. And it's really easy for people to be ignorant to it because once they're faced with the truth, they've got to do something with that. And people don't like the truth. So they intentionally walk around blind like they don't know what they're doing. Because once they start to get a bit of an inkling that they are self-sabotaging, and they start to get a bit of an inkling that they've got to do some work to figure that out, they'll just be play blind and play dumb mm. because they realize that they're going to have to face some stuff they may not want to actually face. And then here's also part of this thing as well, because a lot of people think that when they go do uncover some dark stuff from the past, that's going to lead to more darkness. When actually, when you pull the darkness into the present moment, you can shine light on it. So it's not like a, uh, this, this like um, Pandora's box where you open it and all explodes. <laughs> I mean, trauma's different. So if there's some trauma stuff, then that's a different thing. Yeah. We're talking about some um, bad patterns that you've got, some bad behaviors, some bad self-image issues mm. and all that sort of stuff. People think that if they go into the darkness to try and find that, that it's all just going to come out. That's not the case. Because when you're consciously going in there and picking out certain things, it's controlled. It's in a controlled mm. manner. And you can start to work through it, ask yourself the right questions. And then you come out the other side, you're shining light on it. And actually, if you're doing it in a correct way, if more stuff does come out, you can control it because it's a very controlled thing. It's not like you're bringing out a load of trauma. You're just working through and asking yourself the right questions. Well, why do I think this? Where's this come from? Who told me this when I was younger? What can I do about that? How do I want to show up? And that's what I do with my clients. It's not about working on the past stuff. It's about being aware of it so that in the present moment, you can make a choice and ask yourself, is this helping me or hindering me towards being the person I want to be and having the life that I want to have? So it's not like when therapy and you go into the past and you deep dive in mm. and you just get triggered for three hours. It's not that at all. It's just asking <laughs> yourself, well, where's this thought come from? Would you choose to think this thought? Well, no. Okay, well, where's that come from? And then you ask yourself some questions to figure out, oh, well, actually, it came from my ex-partner when I was 16 years old and she told me that she broke up with me because I wouldn't sleep with her. Or it comes from the teacher that told me from the whole class I never amount to anything. Oh, that's interesting. And that's where my self-sabotage came from. The teacher told me I never amount to anything in my life. Mm. So whenever I started to amount to something, I would then self-sabotage it. Mm. and now obviously you you you've been on this journey your self-awareness levels are so much higher are there any times when you find yourself slipping into that self-sabotage just dipping that toe in and you and catching yourself all the time talk to me about that in what, in what area so give me a more specific thing because it's like uh, so, such a big broad area that is a big broad area so i think if I speak to speak to you about from my perspective, yep. so previously my I was like a self sabotage queen, flipping like self sabotage explosions cracking off in every area of my life. I've gone through that work. I now know 
why it doesn't happen in most areas of my life but it does happen in some areas of my life <laughs> why are you laughing at me <laughs> i thought this is a david beckham episode i'm like tell the truth be honest i, I am being honest, honest. <laughs> tell the truth <laughs> no 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 that 100 that is the truth so in all ways my tell the truth <laughs> daniel okay um so for example like now like at work i used to really struggle um with a number of things and on on a smaller scale I would say but now I am completely confident in who I am what I'm doing and and all of that side of things and it, I I can hand on heart say that I don't have any issues in that part of my life mm-hmm. in other areas of my life I do start to slip down that self-sabotage what's it called rabbit hole rabbit hole that's slide mm-hmm. is the one I was going for mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. um but I catch myself but I know I'm doing it mm-hmm. and it's a really weird mix and it's really, I, I'm at that stage where I still find it difficult because I'm aware, I know why I'm doing it, but it's still quite hard to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the question I have to you is, do you have ever have that in any areas of your life and how do you deal with that? Uh, not to the level that you do because we're not going to go into the area <laughs> that you struggle with. Um, but so no, I don't. Um, I get it in, in, in my minor areas. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying every single second is ever not going to happen because again, it'd be silly. Like it's going to happen at some point yeah. because the more you level up, like there's, there's, to, to go back to the last episode when I spoke with Mikey about where it is that I want to go, that's stepping into a realm I've never been in my life ever. Mm-hmm. So 100% it's going to creep in at some point, but I'm very aware of some of the patterns that keep resurfacing mm-hmm. and I've just got, I'm very good at not listening to myself. Yeah. I'm very good at differentiating what I actually truly believe versus that voice inside my head. I just mm-hmm. don't even entertain it. Yeah. And if I do sometimes entertain it, I'll sit with, well, why am I feeling this way? Mm. So I won't act, whereas previously I would have acted. Yeah. So I feel a certain way and I'll go and act and do something. Or for example, when I'm trying to do some work, progressing, like stepping in front of like larger audiences, like um, working with like big clients, mm. that little voice creeps in of like, you're not good enough again that's where the self subtitle starts to come in because then mm. you start to entertain it or maybe I'm not good enough and then maybe getting, I, I then don't put as much effort in but I'm just like no I am mm. and this is where I had a conversation with a client earlier on when, when they were in here and I was saying to her about once you start to really truly understand yourself when that little voice tries to niggle at you you know yeah you're like this doesn't, that is not true mm. and it can get as loud as it wants it's like you are lying this mm. is a lie. This, there's no truth to back this up. And sometimes when it talks, I'm like, is there any truth behind this? You question yourself. I question myself. Mm. Because sometimes maybe. And if I can learn something, then it's like, cool, brilliant. Mm. But most of the time, I don't allow myself to get into that self-sabotage mode. Then it's also che- checking in with myself. Because also doing what I do, is, and again, I was talking to the exact same client about this earlier on today, is not believing your own hype. Yeah. So here's the thing. When I get people on a regular basis telling me how, oh, you're amazing. You've helped change my life. Da, da, da. I haven't. I have, but I haven't. Does that make sense? Like, I've not done anything. As I said in the last episode with Mikey, like, it's not me. This information yeah. is not mine. Like, I've just put it in a way that this version of me right now is able to express it. Yeah. But I'm nothing special. I still have bad days. Mm-hmm. So it's just then checking in with myself to not allow myself to get that egotistical, I know mm-hmm. everything. Because I don't know. I know nothing. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I just know more than most people. Yeah. Slightly more. Yeah. then there's so many more people and this, this, this is the whole point of this podcast the whole point of the coaching is that I know more that can, more than a vast majority of people are struggling I've got information that can help them yeah. but then there's loads of people ahead of me from where I want to get to mm. so it's just understanding that I'm very well aware of that because again that self-sabotage and getting that thing of oh no yeah I am amazing yeah mm. I, I do know everything 
and then you then start to get super egotistical and pride comes before a fall so before mm-hmm. i know it and i'm self-sabotaging myself yeah does this make sense so for yeah. me i'm already aware of this stuff i'm already aware of the past triggers and things i've got into where mm. maybe i have started to be my own hype when i was really successful at personal training or when i was doing all this modeling and people are like oh my god you're so amazing you're so i'm just like <laughs> yeah yeah i am tell me more but i'm very well aware of this now the, the, the ego side of me i'm like no because i know what i am mm-hmm. and i understand that, that that's not it i don't need that validation i'm mm. not doing it for people to tell me i'm amazing that's not why i do it. i'm not do- i'm doing it because it's i've got a mission to help people that are struggling mm. So I keep myself in check. It's not my information. I'm borrowing the information. Mm. Does this make sense? And I'm saying borrowing it. I've got to do my, I'm studying every single day. Yeah. Every day I'm studying. But for me, it's not allowing myself to get in that egotistical place of I know everything and I'm somehow amazing because I'm not. Mm. I'm just a normal person that's been through some stuff and worked it out and has got a path to get people out of the struggles they're currently in. That's it. And how do you check yourself on that? How do you have those conversations? Is it as black and white as you've just articulated? Yeah. I, I am literally that black and white. And again, might not work for everyone, but again, mm. you spend most time with me. I'm very black and white. Yeah. I very black that. and white. Yeah, I'm very black and white. Like, it's, this is what it is. And again, we had a conversation about this where you basically said I was being too direct. Mm. I've always been, and you even said, there's nothing changed. Like, this is you. Mm. You just weren't in the headspace to hear it. That's fine. But mm. I didn't change my delivery. I am what I am. Yeah. My, I, I just am what I am. Take it, leave it, that this is me. Mm. And the conversation, how I talk to myself, is very black and white. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing this, and it's, oh, and again, I've had to get better at accepting the compliment. Yeah. Thank you. Then in my head, I'm checking myself. Mm. Being nothing special. Because mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just a normal human being. And I'm, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, I'm a nothing and a nobody. In the grand scheme of things. There's and- people out there doing a lot more, doing a lot better. They've got a lot more knowledge than me. But I'm in the process. I'm on the journey. So I don't let it be. I don't beat myself up over it. I don't belittle myself. I'm just very aware. I'm on a journey. Some people, comp- yeah. Check me, you go. Crack on. And how do you balance that? So how do you check yourself? So you there is that I guess that balance between feedback and compliments Mm -hmm. there's that balance of gratitude Mm -hmm. and and what you have right now Mm -hmm. and then there's that balance isn't there of of your ego not letting that take control how do those three things kind of inter intertwine together and make sure that you you keep where you want to be so remind me again what the three things so you've got people give you compliments yeah um you've got I guess on the flip side of that you've got your ego and then there's also let's overlay gratitude. So mm-hmm. being grateful for for, for the feedback, yep. but not letting it get to you. Yeah, because feedback can be positive and negative. Yeah. So here's the thing: when that guy commented on the YouTube, or I'm sure it was a guy commenting, but the, the, the mm. handle was old me gets personally attacked. <laughs> Why? Is, what do you mean this guy doesn't like? Was, was he, is he trying to challenge me? No, that's me go talking. Yeah. Because I want to learn. Mm. So the, and it, it's, it's a fantastic point. It's a really really good point. Mm. So then straight away, I'm just checking myself. Like, again, I don't know everything. So then this guy says, well, what do I think of this situation? So the feedback, whenever you give me feedback, whenever anyone else gives me feedback, this is a really genuine question. I was like, that's a great point. Yeah. Because again, I've read that book by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm like, yeah, actually, you just say that. I'm like, okay, well, then, then what's my thoughts on this? Mm. So then what is my thoughts? So I sat there and thought about it. I'm like, so okay. And then I basically articulated the message back to the, the gentleman. So it's understanding that whenever I get the feedback, I'll always ask, right, is there any truth to what they're saying? because what I used to say is I used to say oh you're doing all the work and the people are doing the work I'm giving them the information and I understand that without the information they wouldn't be able to do the work however my job's the easy part when I'm telling people Hmm. right here's the key pick the key up unlock it themselves they've got to do the hard part of picking the key up and unlocking it Hmm. my job's the easy part of just putting the key on the table but I'm also understanding without the key people can't unlock it so I've got to say where it's like yeah like do you mean because again when people are working with me 
I've had to do some stuff again, universal energy, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, great. But I've still had to do the marketing. I've had to do the communication. I've had to speak to people. And I understand again, it's not me. It's universal. Cool, great. But I've still had to play a part in that. So I do congratulate myself. Good job. But it's really short-lived because now it's on to the next one. So I just sit there and be like, oh my God, yeah. I am so amazing. And yeah, I've got these clients. It's brilliant. I'm not going to get any more clients and I can't help any more people. So I just check myself. I'm like, yep, take it. Yeah. Show gratitude for it. And I'm always, again, gratituding every morning. Mm. Every single morning. I've, I've, I've not done as much in the evenings, but every morning, gratitude. What I'm grateful for is one of the key things for me. I absolutely love doing that. And that, again, just keeps me grounded. Mm. Because I'm, I'm on a massive mission to move my life forward, to get to where I want to get to. But you've got to be appreciative for things that I've got now. So it is a balance and it is hard, but I'm very aware of that voice inside my head. Very, very, very aware. Very aware. And it's almost like we're like, it's like um, Tom and Jerry. Do you know what I mean? It's like, is in the sense of like, and I know them. I know the enemy. Yeah. So it's like you've got to kind of know your enemy. And I, I know my enemy now. Whereas before, a lot of people, they don't understand the enemy that's there. Just like Dave Norton when, we, when he had that fight, he basically turned around and said like, I'd much rather be in a boxing match because I can see the enemy there. Whereas when he was struggling mentally, he couldn't. Whereas for me now, I see the enemy. Now again, the enemy's always there trying to do different things and sneak sneaky. in. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. But I'm just very aware of what's going on because me, myself, I understand myself hmm. so then i'm questioning like is, is there is this the kind of person i want to be is this helping me move my life forward am i choosing this would i choose to think and feel this way if i'm like oh, where's this come from so it goes back to the, the podcast i had last week with mikey where i'm just i question myself so much more mm. and this whole thing for me is again it goes back to self-awareness because without that you can't do anything no. and i'm talking about now like it's a really easy thing when you first start doing it it's savage yeah and it's a hard process to go through and it can be quite lonely and you can be quite isolated because you start to question everything. And I've also been, it's another thing people don't talk about because you do start to question everything. You go for like a massive no man's land of where you were to where you're going and that no man's land is really, really scary. Yeah, it's like a void. It's a void because you don't know who you really are mm. because you never stop to question it. And that's then the kind of journey that I've been on the last three years. Three and a half years is really getting to grips with that. Whereas now I can have this thing, I'm like, yeah, okay. Cool. But I'm understanding that nothing, either positive or negative, in my life is down to me. It's down to my paradigms, my programs, and I can consciously choose to reprogram them if they're not serving me. Mm. I like that. Mm. So you've spoken about your reasons behind self-sabotage and how it, you know, appears for you in your life. But I think there are lots of different ways and different reasons behind it. So I think beliefs is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big one for people is not feeling good enough mm-hmm. in whatever aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me in another area is like perfectionism. Uh-huh. And I know now like there is no such thing as perfect. Mm-hmm. But for me, and I was so much worse at this than I am now. But for me, that self-sabotage slide always comes about I have such high um I guess aspirations and goals in every area of my life and sometimes I can struggle if something isn't quite at the level that I want it to be mm-hmm. and then that kind of is the I guess that first domino isn't it that then mm-hmm. makes them all slide why do you think perf- that that perfectionism gap is so prevalent when it comes to self-sabotage so talk about the pr- what gap 
In more detail. Perfectionism. Go so for it. example, if things, I have an idea and a goal and I'm speaking about it for myself, but I know that mm-hmm. this is what a lot of other people struggle with is that, you know, you want, I don't know, a relationship to be perfect, mm-hmm. this, that and the other. One small thing happens and then it knocks you and then you're like, oh, I'm not, you know, this isn't worth it. This isn't this. I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. And then you stop pushing people away. So is the all nothing perfe- mindset. It's the perfectionism to pushing away. Yeah. Or the all, is it also like an all yeah. nothing mindset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so how do you overcome that? Yeah. Well, first of all, realizing like what's within your control. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the perfectionist thing is all about control. Mm-hmm. People try and control everything. Absolutely. It's understanding you can't control everything. The mm-hmm. only thing, people listening and watching, the only thing <laughs> that you can control is your thoughts and your actions. That is it. Not a single thing else can you control. Mm-hmm. And by trying to have this perfection thing, and like, if it's got to be perfect, nothing can be perfect because perfection is completely subjective. And what keep happening is you will keep changing the goalposts so that things can't be perfect. Mm. So you're beating yourself up because you don't feel good enough. Yeah. So it comes back to a fundamental thing of not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy. Mm-hmm. So then that's what we've got to work on because then it's coming out and manifesting itself in that mm-hmm. everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. And again, that can be quite hard to do, and that's okay. Yeah. But it's just understanding what can you control in the situation. Mm-hmm. And if things aren't quote unquote perfect what does that mean so this isn't what? perfect <laughs> this isn't this isn't perfect which means that i am not good enough because so go down that thought pattern yeah like, which is what, ridiculous yeah but, but again then you come to the okay it's not that big a deal and if <laughs> oh I, I can't answer that sit with yourself and answer that question like what does it mean for things mm. not to be perfect what does that mean about you your life just what does it actually mean and is there any stuff to back that up Mm. because again it could also be back from childhood where your parents said to you the things had to be perfect you had to get gold star you had to be this top to, do, to then mm-hmm. get love so for you if things aren't perfect if things aren't 100% then you're not going to get the validation and love that you think you deserve or that's the only way you think you can get mm-hmm. love and there's nothing you picked on before the um, the, the perfection about um, self-subtrage I can't remember what it was so if you can think about what that was while I'm carrying on talking because that was a good, good point I wanted to pick up on but when it comes to the, the, the perfectionism thing it's something that I think a lot of people do struggle with and for me, it's just taking a step back and being like, right, what can you control? Your thoughts and your actions. You can't control anything else. If things aren't perfect, that is okay. If things mm-hmm. don't be perfect, it's all subjective. Are you doing the best with what you've got? Mm-hmm. And if there's things you can do, go and do them. But I'd, again, reflect and sit with that uncomfortableness. If things aren't perfect, what does that mean? Mm. And what things can people do? So if they are starting to feel, so you've got that awareness, you're not a self-sabotager who's got no awareness mm-hmm. you, you've got awareness that you're like oh i'm doing that again mm-hmm. i guess what practical things can help people journaling just sitting with yourself mm. so again most people will not want to do this because it's difficult mm-hmm. oh, i'm gonna journal okay don't journal i don't care honestly and it is i the first time i ever did this i was like this is the worst thing i've ever done like i had to trust in what you told me and trust in the process because i was like this is awful mm-hmm. but it gets better and it gets better to the point where it's something that's really positive. Yeah, because you start figuring it out. You start yeah. to figure yourself out because you know the answers. When it comes to perfectionism, it's completely, for every single person, Yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. Yeah. So you have to figure out where has this mm. come from for you and figure it out. Start to figure out your triggers. What triggers it? Mm. What does it feel like for you? What, what's your thoughts around it? Because everything comes from your thoughts. So where have these thoughts come from? Mm. And you start to question, well, actually that came from when I was younger cool then you start to unpick it and then what happens is you start to loosen the grip and realize it's probably based off a lie it's a lie that you probably told from a younger age and then you've held on to that lie and you've held on to that lie because you've not actually stopped to question where that lie came from and when you do sometimes find out where that lie comes from you still want to hold on to it 
because it's something that your mum told you. Yeah. Because your mum told you and you love your mum, you somehow feel in a weird way that if you let go of this version of you, that somehow you're letting your mum down. So it's this weird sadistic thing that we've got of, we think again, oh, I can control this perfectionism. No, you can't. I just let it go. Like just really start to unpick and it's hard, but journaling is the best way. Mm. So today I really struggled with this thing because... And it starts to free write. So mm. the rule with free writing is minimum of 10 to 15 minutes. You write a stopwatch and you cannot let the pen stop moving. And what's going to happen is your conscious brain can't keep up. So your subconscious is going to start talking to you. And then at the end of the 10 to 15 minutes, you look at what's written on there and you basically have a clearer picture of what the core essence of the issue is. Mm-hmm. And the easier, though, the longer you do this, the easier it becomes. Yeah. I've had it with a client before where uh, she came to me and after two or three weeks of working with me, she says, I don't like this journaling. I was like, why? And basically, we got to the crisis of it. That little voice inside her head told her it was boring and told her it wasn't doing anything. And I said, that's the exact same voice that is crippling you. Yeah. And I said, what's that's happening why is... you need to. That's exactly. And I said, when that voice tells you not to do something, nine times out of 10, do the exact opposite. Mm. So it's telling you, oh, don't you journal. That's a good indicator. You need to do more journaling. Don't yeah. meditate. Do more meditation. Mm. Because nine times out of 10, whatever that voice is telling you to do is the opposite of what's going to actually help you. And I basically turned mm. around and said, the reason why the voice is telling you to stop journaling and it's boring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is because you're starting to call it out and it's losing its power over you. Mm. If anyone's ever been in a narcissistic, abusive relationship, you'll realize mm-hmm. that when you really pull away is the time when things get the worst. When people intensifies. Feel like they're losing, exactly, intensifies mm. because they feel like they're losing their grip, so they double down. So I said, I promise you, trust the process. Two weeks later, she came back and said, I've had the biggest breakthrough I've ever had. It's and insane, isn't it? It's insane. Because once you start to go past that uncomfortableness, and this is the thing, no one can bullshit you more than you can bullshit yourself. And the thing is, you start to negotiate with yourself. That voice comes in and says, oh, we don't need to do this. It's quite hard. And you sit there like, oh, yeah, you're right. No, <laughs> fuck that. You need to grow a pair of bollocks. People listening to this, I'm going to assume that you're an adult. You need to put your big adult pants on and actually take some responsibility for your life. No, but it's true. Because I, people, I agree. Because people want to be like, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but what? So your entire life, you're going to start making excuses and yep. excuses and excuses and excuses. Stop making fucking excuses for yourself. And actually take the time to do the stuff that you know you need to do. Yeah, it's cause and effect. It's cause and effect because nothing worth having comes easy. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now that by doing the stuff that makes you feel most uncomfortable, the stuff that you're arguing with yourself with, the stuff that you are really getting inside your own head about, do that thing. Whatever it is, whether it's going to the gym, whether it is meditating, just walking, getting rid of the junk food that you're eating, stopping drinking alcohol, whatever it is, do something about it. So I remember when we uh, was on Circle of Men uh, and we were talking about addiction. And afterwards, I got in my car and drove home and I started having a conversation with myself about coffee. And I was convincing myself that I didn't have an issue with coffee. And as I was driving along, the journey is literally only 15 minutes. And as I was driving along, I realised the very fact that I was having that conversation with myself told me that I had a problem with coffee. Yep. The very fact that I was having a conversation with myself told me that I had an issue. So then what did I do? Went for no coffee for four weeks. Yeah. To prove a point. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. When you're negotiating with yourself, what are you negotiating on? Yeah. You're trying to take the easy route. Mm-hmm. And this is what people don't seem to understand. There's a correlation. Stuff that's hard in the moment is always more rewarding long-term. Stuff that's easy in the moment is always harder long-term. Yeah. So if you take the easy route now and just ignore it, oh, okay, yeah, I won't journal. Okay, your life's going to be harder, substantially harder later on. If you sit down with that journal and force yourself to do it when you don't feel like doing it and that voice is telling you this is a waste of time, I promise you, later on down the line, your life's going to look a lot better. Mm-hmm. I promise you, guaranteed. And there's a reason why when it comes to look at the core essence of self-help, the core essence of it. Forget what anyone else tries to sell you. The core essence of it is self-awareness. Yeah. And most people will tell you it's journaling, 
Meditation. It's been around for thousands of years. Yeah, there's nothing new. Though. There's nothing new. It's the same <laughs> stuff. But people want, oh, it can't be that simple. I promise you it is. Yeah. There's other things there. And ask yourself the right questions. Yeah. Breath work. Cool. Yeah. Exercise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Food. Yeah. Blah, blah. The core essence of it is you figuring yourself out mm-hmm. and actually sitting with yourself. And the easiest way to do that is meditation and or journaling. Mm. And people won't do it because it's hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Your life right now is hard. So pick your hard. Yeah. Pick your hard now where you're miserable. You hate your life. Your relationships all suck, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or sit down with yourself with either pen and paper or a cushion for 10 to 15 minutes a day. Yeah. Do you tell me which one's harder? People always choose the path of least resistance, yep. but that's not going to get you to where nope. you want to go to. Nope. And I think you've really touched on something here, and it's something that we touch on all the time on this podcast is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever the topic is that we discuss, whatever, I don't know, whatever path we are going down, self-awareness is always, that for me, that glue that holds it all together. Whatever principles or teachings or whatever that may be, self-awareness is always there. The first thing I teach on the Ascend Coaching Programme is awareness mm. because without it nothing i talk about will stick no nothing and even when we come to like the the self-sabotage piece something for me that has become really and not just self-sabotage just in all areas of my life is that awareness of situations so i can catch myself when i'm starting to self-sabotage or wh- whatever but for me those outside factors play a massive part like for me i know and you will laugh and attest to this if i am tired i am not a good person like i am very your face just, just tired or <laughs> tired tell or the hungry. truth tell the truth <laughs> tired or like particularly tired like not okay not okay and i really struggle to think and stay in control of my thoughts and everything like that and then it can sometimes be the wild, wild west and I have to rein myself in so strong, usually with some strong words from you before you come in there. Um, but I find it hard. But I think being aware of those things that really, I hate the word trigger, but can make it harder for you. Having that awareness is really useful when it comes to self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, it's, I talk about all the time, like for me, lack of sleep cripples mm. me because my mental health cripples me mm. if i have a really bad night's sleep two nights in a row my mental health takes a nosedive mm. so i'm very well aware of it and again that's also knowing yourself and yeah. understanding what what the issue is and again it's then also having that conversation where if you are feeling a certain way at work with your boss with your partner having the ability to actually communicate that mm. or having the ability to not communicate when you are feeling like that for example if i am absolutely tired am i gonna go and have if it's non-essential i.e. not scheduled in a really important business meeting that day absolutely not because it's just going to go to shit or have a conversation with your partner so mm. if you're full of emotions don't have that conversation yeah absolutely cool so final question yep what piece of advice would you give to help people with self-sabotage so what would you say to that inner critic when the voice gets too loud shut the fuck up Boom. Yeah, so I can't, I can't really touch on any more from what we've covered because yeah. basically the, the answer to the last question kind of covered it about yeah. what to do but it's just taking responsibility mm. and realising that you have control you are not that voice inside your head so the, uh, the, the, the actual story behind this I'm not going to go into detail because I'm going to trash it but it talks about you being the sky Mm-hmm. so you the best version of you the you that knows the difference between right and wrong the you that wants this better life the conscious version of you that wants better is better and that 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 core essence of you you are the sky 
So for those that need clarification on this, the sky is the blue thing that is always there. So the sky does not change. It's the blue thing. It's always there. You look out your window, it's always there. However, sometimes you can't always see it because there's clouds and thunderstorms. So it's just understanding that when it comes to anything like this, that best version of you is always there. That voice inside your head that narrates the world, the ones trying to keep you safe, will also play both sides of the argument. It's the one that tells you you don't need to go to the gym. You can relax, have the day off. Then as soon as the gym closes, it'll tell you that you're the fattest, laziest person on the planet. It plays both sides of the argument. But understand, you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. There is a gap and a space between the clouds and the sky. And that gap is always there. It is your job to find the gap. It is your job to find the gap between these negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions and the best version of you. Find that gap and clear the clouds out because the clouds, the thoughts, the emotions have no power without you. It is your energy, it is your attention, it is your fascination and fixation on them that gives them the energy and the power. If you just let them pass, just like normal clouds in the sky, just let them go. You understand that when a thunderstorm comes, it will pass. And here's the difference, the story between the buffalo and the cows. The buffaloes in America, when they see a storm coming, they run head on into the storm because they realize it's going to be really tough in the moment. But by running head on into the storm, the storm will be over quicker. They can rest, relax, and enjoy the, the sun. Cows try and outrun the storm. By trying to outrun the storm, they stay in the storm longer. They get more tired, worn out, exhausted, and it becomes disastrous for them. So be a buffalo, not a cow. When you started to notice the thunderstorm that's there, these negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions, do not run away from them. Run into them like a buffalo because they're trying to tell you something. And it's your job to find out what are they actually trying to tell you. It's your job to run head on into that storm and face it so that you can have the peace behind. I was talking to Mikey beforehand about one of my mottos, Seawis Packham Parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. And I first learned it on John Wick. But that's how mindset and mental health and self-development is. If you want peace in your life, you have to go to war with yourself. There is no other way. So if you want peace, prepare for war, go into battle, run into that storm head on, and I promise you, it will not last as long as you think. It might be quite turbulent in the middle of it, but when you come out the other side, I promise you the sunny skies wait. Thank you. Where can people find out more information about you, Katie? They can't. They can't. <laughs> Elusive ghost. Not yeah, gonna, I'm a ghost. Not going to give you. Not going to give out your Instagram. I don't actually know what it is. Okay, well there we go. So, <laughs> no for Katie, uh, and don't forget to any value from today's episode. Don't forget to like and share with a friend. Until next time, take it easy.